got here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? So they took maybe 20 bucks and an old watch? Mr. Madsen, did you even take a swing? No. Could have taken her, Dad. Heard you had some excitement last night. I wish they'd have picked my place, you know? Why didn't you take him out? I was just trying to keep the damage to a minimum. Yeah, how's that working out for you? You okay? Cause you don't look okay. There's a long dormant piece of me that so very badly wants out. What are you still doing here, old man? I'm gonna f you up. We are fighting a war 30 years in the future. Is this a joke? Our enemy is not human. We need you to fight. You got drafted. I will be back. Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and I am proud to announce that I am a dad for the third time with baby Noah coming last week. I am producer Dave, and I'm just going to say congratulations to Marcus and his partner Katia for the entry into this world of baby Noah. Thank you very much, producer Dave. Thank you very much. Uh, that's one of the reasons why the last couple of weeks we've had to do some uh, repeat showings and some repeat episodes, etc., because uh, it's it's been it's been hectic in the Akko household. Um, with, with with three little munchkins, uh, but no, it's it's all good. I've already started planning how I'm going to get because we already have um, you know the 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 Akko sibling or the Akko offspring that is going to be usurping my throne uh, on Shoot the Breeze, which is Jacob Akko. Go back and listen to all the previous episodes. You hear him having come on and done some some terrific interviews in the past. Uh, but Noah is going to be we 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 skipped. Uh, the the second one, Zachary, because he's not that interested in doing pre uh, presenting. Uh, he wants to work behind the scenes, so that's him separately. But Noah, on the other hand, I'm I'm going to be prepping him to become the successor, the second successor after Jacob. Or maybe it might be both of them. They might do it in tandem. So it'll be Jacob and Noah. Although there might be a massive age difference there, but then that's great because we can have like a lot of you know you know com compare and contrast when they finally start doing their episodes see so, what the older brother likes to watch and what the younger brother likes to watch let me ask are you planning to um start him early and put him in say look who's talking three look <laughs> <Yeah>. um <laughs> okay you know what 
Absolutely. And uh, if I if I understand your reference, as in you're saying, if I start getting him to, would I introduce him into the world of acting, as in possibly put him in a couple of movies? Is that what you're referring to? Yep. hundred <laughs> percent. And whenever, whenever the missus is not looking, I'm going to sneak him to one corner, do a quick take, and then just say I'm burping him and then bring him right back, put him back in his in his crib. And, uh, and and carry on. But absolutely, the moment I get the opportunity to have him in any of the films that I'm making, I'm going to get it done. Uh, with regards to other people's films, yes, it'll be something that we'll consider and we'll talk about it, you know, see how things go. Um, yes, I am going to be one of those helicopter parents where I say helicopter parents, but those are dadages. I'm going to be a dadager, if you will. <laughs> Although dadagers are not really getting a good name in the news uh, at the moment with Britney Spears and his and her dad and whatnot. But um, no, I, I, I plan to be a far more responsible father to, uh, to Noah as he embarks on his acting career, which will be under my tutelage. And under you know, and I will make sure that I'm there to protect him. And he'll start off in my own films, and then we'll go and graduate, and then he'll become. Not only will he become one of the hosts of Shoot the Breeze in, in how many years from now, he'll also become his own. Like I'm, I'm making all of this stuff up. I'm just saying this is exactly what I'm going to be doing. And then uh, my partner is going to listen to this and go, no, no, I don't think that's what's going to be. He's he's going to have a more respectable career. So or or he'll he'll be able to choose what he wants to do, what he wants to do. I can influence him in that particular direction, which I plan to, and I'm going to sh share with you all my plan. Um, my wonderful listeners, wonderful audience, I'm going to share you, share with you my plan to sort of steer him in that particular direction in just a second. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. And uh, today on the show, we've got a spotlight section where um, producer Dave. Uh, gr graciously took the reins and interviewed one of our previous guests, uh, you know, friend of the show, Mitch Tolliday, talking about his film uh, Murder Ballads. We'll, uh, we'll listen to that uh, in the spotlight section. And uh, during this episode, what if I want to jump into the next segment? Because the news is essentially the fact that I have now, uh, I've, I've done, I've, I've handed the world a third of the Akko line, in my Akko line, if you will, my son uh, Noah. A baby Noah who was born last week and what I'm going to be doing to try and channel him towards love of films is that I'm going to be getting him to watch a certain set of movies right so every opportunity I get to get to get him to watch movies I'm going to get him to do that so as part of the film and tv news segment that we're going to be doing today I'm going to talk about the my top five films we haven't done top five favorites in a while I'm going to be talking about the top five films and TV shows that I'm going to be introducing him to. I'm going to make sure that I get him to watch these films and TV shows repeatedly. Now, here's another thing. I've only put four. Well, I cheated a little bit, but I've only filled numbers one to four. So number <laughs> five slot is still open. I, I could have put something else in there, but I chose not to go in that direction. I chose to actually let someone else do it. So we'll talk about that in just a minute. Let's jump into film and TV news. <laughs> You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And I, well, um, before I jump into, I was talking a little bit earlier about the top five 
films and TV shows that I'm going to be introducing Baby Noah to. Um, I will come back to that in just a second. I, we put out a call to some of our friends and previous guests who have come on the show to send us recordings uh, and uh, their own suggestions as to what TV shows, what films, what programs we should introduce Baby Noah to. Uh, and what's going to happen is we'll be playing that at various points in this episode, during next week's episodes, and so on and so forth. So whenever those come in, we'll get them, we'll play them on air, and you'll hear that recommendation. So I will then sift through all of those recommendations and decide which one is my favorite of those picks, and I'll put that as my number five slot. Uh, we obviously know that some of our some of the friends of the show are not available at the moment like uh, Jenna Suru for example and the Shakespeare sisters both the all, all three are doing their, their their thing in Cannes Film Festival so they obviously are very very busy living the glitzy glamorous life uh, so they may not necessarily be able to send their recommendations in time for this week but they have said they will send their recommendations and as soon as they do we're going to play it on air for you um, but yeah, and so there's going to be a whole bunch of other people, so we'll scatter it around. So maybe in a couple of weeks, I will sift through all of that and give my number five. Later on in the show, I will tell you what my number one to four slot or four to one slot would be, uh, so you can get that. But before we go into any of that, I wanted to talk, because I haven't done this in a while, I haven't talked about some of the TV shows and films I've been watching um, recently that I want to just go out, I want to, I want to talk about. And to be honest, the reason why is because I haven't had the opportunity to do that. I've been working on a number of other projects, like my the the YouTube channel, the Idiot on the Writer's Block, um, the the fact that we've been preparing to get to bring a baby into the world that has also taken up my time, and so on, a whole bunch of other things, which has basically interrupted my TV and film viewing. Um, however, there are three things in particular that I kind of want to talk about, and I want to ask producer Dave if he's had the opportunity to see any of these things. So let's start off, first of all, with the MCU, which is pretty much my place, the place I want to go and rest my soul <laughs> as soon as it's as soon as that time comes, the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Essentially, I'm hoping when I die, if my eyes open up, I look, I say, is this heaven or is this hell? And I want to hear someone like Star-Lord saying, it's none of those. But you, if but you need to come with us if you want to live. And I see I, those of you who have seen the re recent Loki show will get that reference. Um, and you know that's basically what I want the afterlife to be. Anyway, enough ramble. Let's jump into the first bit that I want to talk about, which is as I just mentioned, the TV show Loki. Producer Dave, have you seen the TV show Loki? I haven't watched any of them at the moment. I was okay. planning to watch them all in uh, sequential order, sure. uh, one day at a time next week next uh, week yes next week uh I, I know it's finished but luckily enough i have not heard anything about what it's going what's been going on and I'm, I'm going to um put you on mute if you are going to spoil it <laughs> i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i've been very good at this um these days i've not been spoiling tv shows and films so i will tell you pretty much just the premise so at least you understand what's going on but I won't go into any spoilers. I will do my best not to do any spoilers for you. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so here's the, the, those of you who have been following the MCU, the movies, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You may be thinking, hold on a second. Why is there a TV show uh, after Loki, after the, the incident that happened in Avengers Infinity War? Well, if you were following all the movies, you would have seen that something happened in Avengers Endgame. And what happened was basically... And this is spoilers for those who have seen Avengers Endgame or who haven't seen Avengers Endgame. Um, the Avengers find a way to reverse what Thanos had done 
by going through the um, the quantum realm and jumping back in time. And one of the places they go back in time to is at the end of Avengers Assemble, which is when they defeat Loki in order to get one of the Infinity Stones. Now, when they get there, there's a little accident that happens and the Tesseract, uh, also known as the Space Stone or the Blue Stone, lands in front of an imprisoned Loki. He looks around, sees that nobody has seen it. He picks up the, the Tesseract and he blips out of you know, out, 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 out from there. He bolts. So that's where the TV show Loki begins. When you even see that scene from Avengers Endgame in the very beginning. So the TV show essentially follows Loki as he's escaped. And it's that version of Loki as well. So it's, you know, you get to see what happens. What actually happens in, and I'm going to go, I'm going to say from this point, Producer Dave, you said you haven't heard anything about the TV show. Um, would you want me to just explain a tiny little bit of what happens um, right at that point? No, I, I, no, because that would be okay. a spoiler as far as I'm concerned. Understood. I do know okay. that um, it will be coming back for a season two. Hence okay, fair enough. So yeah. I, will ex I will explain. So I, and I, I will not say anything that happens. All I'm going to say is that it follows that version of Loki um, when he encounters a particular group of people that we have never seen in the MCU in you know in the marvel cinematic universe at this point so it introduces it now from what i understand i haven't seen the last episode yet i'm going to be seeing that um on uh, when this episode airs on resonance 104.4 <laughs> fm so i will see how this series concludes or the season one concludes but it essentially follows and it's 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 fantastic the marvel writers they experiment with a lot of stuff obviously they have a lot of material to work with because we're talking about marvel cinematic universe obviously borrowing from the marvel comic book universe so there are a lot of references and a lot of characters that they can borrow from and they do that liberally i'm talking massively there there are tons of so going back to like the previous tv shows like um wonder wonder vision and falcon and the winter soldier there were various easter eggs dropped in those two two, two shows right so those two shows had you know a handful of easter eggs just scattered around Boy, Loki is jam-packed with Easter eggs. You're, you, essentially, it requires, it demands multiple viewings, not to follow the story, because those Easter eggs don't interrupt with the story at all. They don't. You can watch it without knowing much about what's happening in the MCU and still enjoy the story. Um, but if you are a fan of the MCU, if you're a fan of Marvel comic books and comic stories, and you've been reading it for a while, you will get tons of Easter eggs. There's one episode in particular, it's episode five. So the, the fifth, the, the, the penultimate episode is chock-a-block with references that literally you would just sit there just going, I spot that, I spot that, I spot that, I spot that. I watched it twice and I was going through, I was like, yep, there's that thing. There's that thing. That's that reference. There's that reference and so on. And you keep going back and forth referring to it. Okay. Um, there, there is one thing, um, even though it's not a spoiler, I did come across an article which they talked about what you were saying, an Easter egg. And yes. it's to do with Thor or Throb, <laughs> as they called it. And I just like, yes. the reason why I've actually read the article was that it's, it said contains no spoilers. So I read yes. it and it was all about a frog that looked like Thor. <laughs> okay. <A little> cape. <laughs> okay. So 
just with because you've mentioned that you've it's like like they say in court you have opened that door so i'm stepping no no, no. Right it said it said <laughs> the article said there were no spoilers so that's the reason why and that's the reason why I, i'm I, not doing i'm not doing any spoilers but you opened, the, you opened the door about throng so for those people who don't know what I, what we're talking about um again in the in the marvel not cinematic universe yet but in the marvel comic book universe in the thor universe if you will there have been tons of stories about different things that have happened especially between loki and thor so we all know right that obviously the two of them have had you know they're like siblings right they grew up they're brothers adopted brothers but they grew up and there's always the point where loki always plays pranks on thor very dangerous pranks like um in ragnarok there's a reference that um that thor makes Uh, it's it's like a throwaway game Yes, he says. Yeah. He says it's like, yeah. So my brother Loki, he turns into a snake, and I said, "Ah, look, it's a snake." And he said, "Ah, it's not. It's me, Loki." And he stabs me. <laughs> it's just, it's just that reference, right? So that's the kind of thing as well. So in one of the stories, and I'm maybe butchering this, but at some point there in the Marvel comic book universe, I believe that uh, Loki does a, a thing that turns Thor into a frog. So essentially, it's a frog with a cape and and the full-on outfit and everything, but he's a frog. In the animated um, uh, Avengers, I, I think it was actually the animated Spider-Man, um, so the uh, Spider-Man, Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, one of those ones, the recent ones, they actually referenced that as well, where Spider-Man, obviously, they, they have the various Avengers uh, cameo in the episode, and it's th- that particular episode happens where throg appears so again yes he appears in episode five it's not a spoiler but that's where it is and it's just basically just keep an eye out you will catch it you will see it it's not even a blink and you'll miss it they hold on him for at least three to five seconds so you you will definitely see it so it's okay but anyway um, so my review so far of Loki, in terms of the three TV shows that have, have happened that have happened again WandaVision, um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki why I love the MCU, why I love what Kevin Feige and Marvel are doing right now with all of their work is that they are, with the TV um, universe, if you will, they are just playing. They are just going and saying, look, we want to go and be as creative as we can be. And it's just taken in completely different directions. So one division had that whole, um, you know, sitcom framework that they used, right? Which I loved. I absolutely loved it. Out of the three so far, my personal favorite in terms of style, content, and execution for me will have to be um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's my my favorite out of the three, mainly because it's very grounded. It's sort of, it's real. It tackles real issues um, and you, you, you can follow it straight through and it, it's good action piece that you can watch. That's my personal favorite. Um, one division so far actually comes in second but it's actually a, it's it's a very very close you know very close to loki i still think loki is very very good i want to see the last episode when the last episode comes that may then tip that over because loki takes those huge risks as well with what they're doing and the only reason why i'm sort of kind of putting it below one uh, division is because I completed one division and the, the last episode of one division packed emotional punches that I was like, I'm going to keep remembering this for, for years to come. I want to see. And, and the fifth episode of uh, Loki 
had a similar kind of thing. But I want to see what the last episode does. The last episode is obviously going to tie in Loki with the rest of the cinematic universe, which is what they've been doing, right? They've been That's the whole point of these TV shows, to basically develop the characters in the background. And then when they come back into the, the phase four and phase five, et cetera, we can then come into the new movie and then you see this new character and you're like, okay, I understand why. For example, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Spoiler. Is this a, is a spoiler? The fact that they changed the name title at the end. I'm, I'm, I, I, like I said, I've seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I really, really, really enjoyed it. So it's uh, not a spoiler to me, but it might be to some other people. Okay, so there, there is a, there is a reveal at the end, and it's literally it literally the name of the show changes at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So I won't go. There's another episode. There's there's another series, have they? They haven't confirmed, but they said that they aren't um, they aren't moving away from the idea of having a second season. So they may potentially have a second season. It all depends on how the movies go, right? So how the story goes. So they're keeping it open to potentially have a second season. Uh, but then the name of the, the show would change to be the new name that it is. So again, even if they don't have a second season, when they go into the Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe in the movies, the result of what happened at the end of the TV show is what they're going to carry into the movies. So if you didn't watch any of the TV shows, you're going to come up and watch the next film and you're going to be like, How, when did that happen? Go and check out the TV universe. A lot of people don't like that because like, it's extra homework. Well, you know what? It's good homework. Okay, so go and do it. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. And I'm producer Dave. Uh, the next film I want to talk about that I saw, I'm saving the best for last. Uh, but the, the, the second film I want to, uh, the second uh, project I want to talk about is The Tomorrow War, uh, which is on Amazon Prime at the moment. It stars Chris Pratt, uh, J.K. Simmons, uh, and a number of other people as well who pop up in it. Uh, and essentially the film is, it's a sci-fi action piece. And what happens is it focuses on this, uh, this retired soldier who is, he's a, he's a war veteran um, played by Chris Pratt from Marvel universe, Star-Lord. Um, and he is, uh, he's what happens? Uh, how does he start? So he is drawn into uh, let me just say what, what actually happens. Uh, it, it's it's in the advert, so I'm not spoiling anything. So essentially what happens is some people come in, they appear on a football field in, in the middle of a very big game, and they say that they have traveled from the future and they've come to the past because in the future they're being attacked by uh, a, a, a beast, some creatures that are essentially wiping out all of humanity. And the last hope that they have is to come to the past to recruit soldiers to go into the future to go and kill these beasts. Step in Chris Pratt, who's a retired police, uh, a retired soldier, who then jumps into the future to go and fight these beasts. Um, it is an action piece. Don't question, don't, don't question it too much. That's what I would say. Don't question it too much. The action set pieces are fantastic. Chris Pratt, I love him in everything that he does. He could literally sit there, read the phone book, and I'm like, wow, riveting and very funny. It is also, they have very funny comedic elements in it. There are a lot of, I, I uh, watched a review recently where they said um, a lot of characters are comic relief. And that's the thing. You would expect Chris Pratt to be the comic relief. And he does have some comic lines, but he's not the 
main comic relief in it. You have different types of characters who are comic relief. And other people have criticized the film because of the comic relief as well. They say maybe it, the, the comedy undercuts some of the dramatic moments. While that is true, I still enjoyed the comedy. Uh, J.K. Simmons in particular, I, he's fantastic in everything he touches. Um, but yeah, so I would say if you're going to go watch it, it's on Amazon Prime. It is it, it is an, a, a nice action. If you want to sort of switch your brain on and start trying to, you know, pick out various plot holes, obviously you're going to pick tons of plot holes. There are tons of bits where you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. That action doesn't make sense. Why did you do that? You shouldn't be doing that. This would be the, yes, you can pick that a plenty. But if you just want something that is just, uh, you know, action, switch your brain off, enjoy the fun, enjoy the jokes. Tomorrow's War is actually, I really, really enjoyed it. Prince Dave, have you seen The Tomorrow War? No, I was planning to watch that last night, funny enough. But uh, let's just say uh, a few things got in the way. So I'll probably watch it tonight. I was intending to watch it this week at some point. Okay, I would definitely say watch it. Watch it, tell me what you think. Anyway, the last one I want to talk about, and then I'll jump into my top four that I have for Baby Noah. Um, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And I recently watched the film Nobody. Producer Dave, have you seen Nobody? Not yet. That's another one that's on my list to, to be watched. So, uh, yeah, please, no spoilers. Although we've already talked about this before. In okay. Okay, so to, to avoid any spoilers, do you know what Nobody is about? No. Okay, so Nobody stars Bob Odenkirk. Anybody who knows Bob Odenkirk, or if you don't know who Bob Odenkirk is, if you've seen Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, he is Saul Goodman, the lawyer. He, I love him and everything he's in. Same, if, if you give me a movie with Bob Odenkirk and Chris Pratt with J.K. Simmons and a number of other people, People pop up, you know, I'll just go and watch. I'll sit there and just watch that over and over again. It's a, you know, Bob Odenkirk plays, uh, he, he plays this, okay, is essentially, he's a, a Mr. Nobody, he's nobody, right? He is a guy who, if you see him, he's, he's, his life is basically drowned in the mediocrity of suburban life. That's pretty much, it. that's how the movie starts. You see a montage of him getting up, missing the, it's like Monday to Friday. He gets up, he takes the Metro to go to work. He, got, he does auditing, comes back from work. He does a jog. Next day, he forgets, he, he's always late taking the, the garbage out and so on and so forth. And, he, and, and he's, he's, you can see that his son doesn't respect him and his daughter, his daughter dotes on him, that's fine. And so on. And his wife basically doesn't even talk, barely talks to him, just talks pleasantries to him and so on. So he, that's who he is. And then the inciting incident that occurs is uh, um, he, his house is, is broken into. And essentially, he doesn't do something which further pushes um, the, the image of him down his, in his son's mind about who he is and so on and so forth. Anyway, I'm, 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 just, I'm spending a lot of time on just the preamble for the movie. Essentially, Mr. Nobody is a comedic version of, jo of John Wick, okay? So if you, if, you've, if you watched John Wick and you loved John Wick and you want to see a comedic version of John Wick, uh, John Wick go and watch Mr. Nobody. It is fantastic. It is, is it, just, go on. Is it Mr. Nobody or just Nobody? No, it's just Nobody. Right. So it's like, it, because, uh, because the reason why is because 
constantly people keep asking him, who are you? And he just says, me, I'm nobody, right? And that's is a reoccurring thing that happens. And it is just fantastic. I watched it last night uh, on my phone, sneaking in different bits, feeding and so on. And every now and again, I watched it. I'm, I'm planning on watching it again. And I'll watch it again and again because, and I'm, again, no spoilers, but it is very funny. It is out there, completely out there. It's got Christopher Lloyd in it as well. You know, Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. In a way, you've never seen Christopher uh, Christopher Lloyd. And this is, obviously I say, no, I take that back. It's not in a way you've never seen him because I always forget that he was the bad guy in, um, he was the bad guy in um, uh, Jessica Rabbit, right? Who framed Roger Rabbit in, in that film. So he was in there. But anyway, um, so I just wanted to go and see Mr. Nobody. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Akko. And I'm producer Dave. And I've been rabbiting on for too long. And baby Noah is he, he, he's, he's due his next feed. So I'm going to run to go feed him. However, before I go, um, I mentioned earlier that I've got the top five films and TV shows that I want to introduce. I want to use as a way of introducing him into, you know, to to have the the love of film and TV blossom in in my offspring. So um, I've already asked some of our friends, some of the friends of the show to send in their recommendations as to what I should introduce uh, baby Noah to in order to be able to get him to love films and television. So I'm going to use the, the, I'm going to sift through their recommendations and pick the number five spot uh, for that. And we'll announce that in a couple of weeks when, uh, when we, when we get all of those coming in for me, for number four, I'm going to get him to start watching Rick and Morty. I know it is, it is, you know, not age appropriate for a one week old to be watching Rick and Morty, but it's exactly what I'm going to get him to watch. For those of you who don't know what Rick and Morty is, it's an animated show currently on channel four. They're on season five on channel four, but you can watch season one to season four on Netflix. And it is about uh, this scientist called Rick, uh, Rick Sanchez, who has mastered basically inventing anything and he's been able to he can teleport he can he can transport through dimensions uh, he can even transport through time uh, and he, he he introduces his grandson to the world or to the multiverse to the fact that there is a multiverse and they can go to different planets and so on and so forth uh, and essentially the show is um, Rick and his grandson Morty as they jump from one planet to dimension to another uh, on various adventures and it is just it is crass it is it is irreverent i believe i think irreverent if, if i understand what irreverent means is that they don't care about anybody's feelings they just basically it's like family guy except with a lot more uh, intelligence if you will um but they're not uh they are not um too highbrow to you to avoid poop jokes they will happily throw in a poop joke if they need to so rick and morty yeah go on I think of Rick and Morty as a riff on Back to the Future, but uh, totally expanded. It absolutely is. It is because, in fact, um, Dan Harmon, who is the creator of uh, Community, he's the one who created, uh, he's one of the creators of Rick and Morty. And the original idea that they had 
was to do a parody of Back to the Future. And uh, they got told that they didn't want to get hit by Universal or Paramount or whoever owned Back to the Future. So they need to change it completely. So that's why they changed it to be what it is. It's a grandfather and a grandson going on these type of adventures. It is just fantastic. It is great. Go and check it out. There are a lot of Easter egg references to different TV shows and films across the four seasons. Um, Season four, for me, kind of started dropping in quality. Um, I still loved it. I still watched it, still enjoyed it. But myself and a lot of friends watched it and it was like it dipped in quality. Season five, it's kind of like Dan Harmon said, oh, so you think it dipped in quality? Well, here's what I can do. Season five, episode one comes back with a bang. And boy, it is just knocking it out of the park. So my number four, Rick and Morty, I'm going to be introducing to Baby Noah. Number three, my favorite TV show of all time, Firefly. It's a Joss Whedon TV show from back in the early uh, 2000s or the mid 2000s, starring Nathan Fillion, Gina Torres, uh, Alan Tudyk, uh, Adam Baldwin, and a whole bunch of other people. It is basically uh, a space western. It's a, a it's set in the future where and it, it's, it follows this crew of a uh, you know they're smugglers, if you will, but they 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 basically are. Um, they're smugglers. They're running. No, they're not running necessarily. They they commit. How can I how can I say? It's like Han Solo in space, but Han Solo has a crew, right? So they're smugglers in space, and it is a space western. That's how I can explain it. There's no good way of being able to encapsulate it into that. I'll just say go and watch it. It is just one season and a film, and I'm definitely going to introduce Baby Noah to Firefly, the TV show, and then we'll cap it off with the film Serenity. My number two. Uh, is uh, is I like to cheat, as you know. I like to cheat when it comes to these film lists. So it's not just one film. Kind of like with Firefly, I've said it's basically a, a TV show and a film. Uh, with my number two is essentially introducing him to the MCU. So he's gonna definitely watch every single one of the films in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as well as One Division, Loki, and Falcon and Winter Soldier, and everything else that they come up with. However, if I am unable to show him every single film in the MCU, I'm going to make sure that he watches these four in particular. First is Black Panther. He's going to watch Black Panther. Obviously, in order to get the gist of what's going on in Black Panther, we're going to have to watch all the previous films before it, but that's prep for Black Panther. So Black Panther, definitely, he's going to need to see that to understand how, a, you know, to, to see a film where it, it, it shows Africa in one of the greatest lights that you can see. Yes, it's a fictional version of a country in Africa, but I don't want him watching other films and saying, oh, so Africa is just about, you know, famine and, and civil war and all that kind of stuff. There are great parts of Africa as well. And Africa, the continent, there are loads of other countries in Africa, like Nigeria, um, uh, Egypt, Cameroon, and so on and so forth. All these places in Africa that you can go to, very diverse cultures. I want him to see that using Black Panther. Second one is Guardians of the Galaxy, both volume one and volume two. And when volume three comes out next year, he's definitely going to watch that. I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's going to be amazing. So those two in particular, he's definitely going to see it. And the fourth one is Thor Ragnarok. So he has to watch Thor Ragnarok again in order to be able to understand more about Thor Ragnarok. He has to go and watch Thor 1, Thor 2, Avengers, Avengers Assembled, Avengers All Age of Ultron. And then we go into watch uh, Ragnarok. And um, my number one. Of course, if I don't show this to him, I might as well revoke my film card. Oh, brother, where art thou? 
I'm going to sit <laughs> and you know, watch Oh Brother War Out Thou with me. I've already started prepping him for it. So every time when I need to rock him and whatnot, I'm singing songs from Oh Brother War Out Thou so he gets used to it. So by the time I watch it with him, he's going to be like, I recognize this and he's going to love it. Anyway, those are the films that I'm going to be showing, uh, films and TV shows I'm going to be showing to baby Noah. I'm going to get the number five spot from friends who are friends of the show who are going to be giving me recommendations and we'll find out which one's the best one and we'll slot it right in there. I'm sorry, but no Harry Potter? I don't care. It's, <laughs> he's, he's my kid. Uh, his brothers can introduce him to the world of Harry Potter. That's not my job. And before the before the 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 uh, those other people, you know, others jump in and say, "What? No Star Wars? No Mandalorian?" Yes, of course, Mandalorian. But I'm I have only five options to pick. If you think Mandalorian should go on that list, then send me that clip. Go into you know, send me a send, send us an audio clip or send us a message on Twitter at st uh, at stb underscore resonance fm or on Instagram, shoot the breeze show and say, these are the TV shows, including the Mandalorian and the star Wars that you should show to him. So send all of that stuff. And, and I'll, I'll consider it for the number five spot. Anyway, I've been, uh, let me stop rabbiting on. Let's jump into uh, the next segment, which is spotlight. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4. I'm producer Dave, and in today's spotlight, we have a returning guest. Please tell us your name and the name of the project we'll be talking about. Hi, my name is Mitchell Tolliday, and I'm director, writer and director of Murder Ballads. Mitch, last time you were here, which was, I think it was last September, you, you talked about it. But for new uh, listeners, please just give us a recap on what Murder Ballads is all about. So Murder Ballads is six interconnected stories about the rapid rise and violent fall of rock band Stack of Corpses. Uh, it builds on a short film that uh, I made a couple of years ago now called Everything is Going to be Fine. And that was about the band having a car crash. And we kind of built more stories about the band around that to make it into a feature. So Everything is Going to be Fine was released a couple of years ago and it went through the film festival circuit and you picked up some awards. Yeah, we won a couple of awards early on and, um, you know, we were uh, in a few others in mainly in the US and the UK and a lot of them were virtual because of for obvious reasons, obvious reasons yeah. um, which was, which was, you know, a shame, but some of them like managed that really well. Um, Nightmares in particular was, was really good at holding a virtual festival where made you feel engaged and part of it despite everyone being all over the world. Mm. Um, and yeah, we had our final one um, in Brixton just uh, a few weeks ago. And that was just before we started shooting the first part of Murder Ballads. Ah, now, tell us more about Murder Ballads. How's that going? So yeah, it's just begun. Um, so as mentioned, it's, it's broken into um, six stories, which we call tracks. And so these are kind of like snapshots in time of the band. So a track takes place. Uh, ends and then there's a jump in time before we see what's happening to the band next. Um, so yeah, we've just shot the first one uh, in Hartford. Um, we've still got one more day on that to pick up and we're shooting the next batch next week. Yeah, it's 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 very different from everything is going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine was very contained. It was three actors, uh, two locations. We're now 
23 actors, not including extras, and um, at least 10 or more locations. So it's a whole different beast, uh, but it's it's going really well so far. Murder Ballads, you're going to be shooting now. You, you've only just started now. Um, was that due to the ongoing pandemic and everything else? And uh, what precautions are you taking? Yeah, it was, it was, you know, we couldn't go and see a lot of locations because of the pandemic. Um, also, I know that there was ways to do it um, uh, following certain guidelines. You know, you could go out and shoot. Um, but given that we, the, the restricted budget that we were on, we couldn't necessarily have someone who was dedicated to, you know, uh, focusing on the COVID stuff. So we, we waited until things had got a bit better. Um, you know, there's now lateral photo tests. Um, the guidelines for how to approach a production is a lot clearer. So yeah, we, we, you know, we're doing all the usual stuff that you'd expect from from, from work. So um, social distancing where you can, um, masks um, in enclosed spaces, and yeah, we're just there's lots of obviously hand sanitizer around, <laughs> and yeah, we're just following the guidelines that uh, you can get from the government and screening skills as, as well to the team. Okay, you've done one track, you say. I mean, I like the analogy, the band and tracks and what have you. You've done one track. How was the shoot on that? It was really good. It was really good. So um, we thought we were starting easy because it's, again, it was um, it's one location, takes place in a warehouse. There was only uh, six casts for this, uh, but mainly just one or two. Um, it was a, it was a action sequence, so it, it was... Tricky. We learned a lot. It was the first time we were working a lot of the crew, a lot of the cast, but it went really well. We've learned a lot, and and our planning for our next sections is is you know been refined because of it. Um, but it was it was great, it, and it looks beautiful. We can't wait for people to see it. And you said that this was uh, based on your short film, Everything's Going to Be Fine, which obviously only had three members of cast in it. So you've expanded the story a lot, and you've got additional cast in there obviously how many more have you got in comparison to the original short yeah um well the original was three uh four if you count my cameo um so <laughs> recast my my character because uh the lead singer is a bit more of a main character now and i didn't want to be in front of the camera while directing um so like i said i think we're up to about 26 cast now you know this, this track that we've just done we've wrapped some characters that we won't see again um, and same for this next batch of shooting. We'll have some characters that we just see in that track and, and we don't see again. So it's it's a much bigger world than, than everything is going to be fine. Okay, so what surprises do you encounter on the shoot as a result of going from a short to a major feature? It's, it's just a question of logistics, to be honest. Um, we are very lucky, you know, we, we've started talking to casting direct, to a casting director, JJB, um, about this project, I think it was May last year. And then we did the, finish the casting by around about um, October when we crowdfunded. Um, and then obviously we had this big pause and we've only started shooting, like I say, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so everyone's really committed despite this being pretty much a passion project. You know, this is, this is crowdfunded, this is very low budget, um, but we've had, you know, everyone's really engaged with the material. But in terms of like the difference in terms of going from a short to a feature, it's just it's just big, bigger logi logistics. So, you know, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. You've just got to work around people's diaries, locations, diaries. So it's just waiting for everything to drop into place and then just being 
as ready as you can be when it's ready to go. What is your normal day job in the film world? So I'm, I'm a video editor. Uh, so I've cut a couple of uh, feature films um, for Bijan Tong, who's been a guest on your show a few mm -hmm. times. Yeah. Uh, so I did his uh, first feature, The Escort, and currently working on his current one, Lockdown. Um, and, but, you know, that, that's the world I'm trying to get into more. Um, I'm, I do all kinds of things at the moment, actually, um, short documentaries, uh, commercials. Um, but the editing side of things has really helped, um, I think, with my directing, because I know what kind of coverage I want, what shots I want to get um, from, a, from an editor's perspective, because I'll be editing the film as well. So it's really helped me in like um, being very precise with the, the footage that I need to get when we're on location. Okay, you just um, answered the question I was about to ask about um, how being an editor has helped you. So what were the advantages of coming into the film, being an editor? It's, it's knowing what you need, like the bare minimum that you need to, to make a scene work uh, in terms of footage. Um, it kind of works positively and negatively, I guess, in that my shot lists are huge because I love it when you get lots of coverage to cut a scene. But when you're on, um, on set, on location, time just goes away. And so it's about at that moment in time thinking, right, okay, what is the base need I need to get in order to, to make this scene work? And then if we can get anything extra, then that's a bonus. Um, so it's, it kind of works both ways. You want lots, but then you can, when it comes under pressure, you can think like, well, okay, what is the, just the base things that I need? So basically what I'm getting is sometimes there's a bit of a, a to-in and fro-in whilst you're in the editor's, well, in the director's chair. You want this, 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 but you're also thinking, I, I don't really need that, 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 and yeah. I'm just going to lose it anyway. Because, you know, the, it can be so perfectly planned out in pre-production, like I'll get all these shots and things like that. And, you know, it's good to be prepared for that. But, you know, the production part, uh, is where it, you know everything comes to life and it's this beautiful chaos of okay that shot I had in my head that's actually you can't actually get that because the physicality of, of the location just won't allow it or you are literally just running out of time because the sun's going to come up or go down depending on whether you're doing a night shoot or a day right. shoot so things have to sometimes be let go um, and then you know when we get to the edit stage it, it'll happen again it will be, oh, I pictured it coming together this way, but you know what? This way actually works better with what we've got. And that's the beauty of, of, of making a film is that you do. There's that old adage that you the film gets written three times. You know, when you first write it in pre-production, whatever happens in the chaos in the middle when you film it, and then once again, when you're piecing it together in the edit. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because you wrote co-wrote this with Neil, who was on the show last time with you. Yeah. How many times did you have to tweak the story, let's put it that way, uh, during your first shoot to, to get it done? Um, you mean from, from Everything's Going to Be Fine or from this first shoot that we did? Um, from this first shoot that you've done? We've, we've not had to tweak it too much, to be honest. We've got most of what we, we wrote down. Mm -hmm. um, we just realised that we needed one more extra day in the location that we are filming. So we've just got one more day to, to kind of complete that track off. Um, but no, we're, we're keeping true to it as much as possible. Um, we wrote it pretty quickly, to be honest. Um, 
when we thought of the idea of expanding it into a feature, um, we had kind of two approaches to begin with. A producer had told us that we should take that everything is going to be fine scene um, and just stretch that out to 90 minutes, you know, find ways to make that last longer. So we started writing that, but we also were thinking, well, we had this like 20 minutes of footage that we really liked with actors that we really liked. And it was, you know, can we do something where we build on that? And so we came up with these few stories and I don't think Neil will mind me saying that like he wasn't convinced to begin with that this was the right way to go. But then it was him who, who came back and emailed me one morning and just kind of had this structure of the of the five additional tracks to add around it. And once we had that, we were like, oh, I like this one. I'll take this one. You take this one. Wrote a track each then pass them over to each other to retweak them and stuff. And we always kind of do that process to the point where we both say we kind of forget who's written what because it's been gone over so much and it, we both have a very similar voice. Um, like we've known each other since we were like eight years old. So we've, we've, we've grown up together, you know, in the same, loving the same films. So our right. um, writing style is very similar. And yeah, so it came together really quickly. And then it's just this, this long pause because of the pandemic and everything that we've had to, to wait to get it up and running to film. You said earlier there's six tracks. Is that six tracks in total or six tracks plus everything's going to be fine? Six tracks in total, including everything's going to be fine. So you're shooting another, you've got two tracks done already. There's going to be another four to do. Yeah, um, it gets a bit more bitty after this because while this first track happens all in one location, other ones happen across two. So this next block that we're doing will cover most of another track, but there'll still be bits and pieces to pick up. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 definitely there's a long road to go still, but it's it's an absolute awesome journey so far. So you've done two tracks. One track was already done. That was everything's going to be fine. You've just shot another track. How long before you complete the other four tracks? Um, I'm hoping by the end of the year. I think basically, like like I said. I've, I've, a feature is a much bigger thing. Um, the nature of us, as we are, you know, we've crowdfunded this, it's self-funded. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very aware I'm relying on the good nature of people who want to be involved in this project to give up their time. So it's, it's managing around people's calendars, which slows things down, but it's completely understandable. So it's just waiting for when we can get the locations that we want and for the cast and crew to be available as well. So having, worked on this now for so long you know a year or, or more we don't want to rush it we want it to be perfect and everyone involved wants it to be perfect so we're aiming for festivals next year now so i'd like to have everything shot by the end of the year and then aiming for you know the festival run in 2022 so we're not likely to be able to see it until next year because that's no. what, that, that's one of the things that Marcus wanted to know. When can he see it? He's he's very very keen to see it. When, when can he see it? Okay, thank you very much for for bringing us up to date. You've already given us a little hint earlier when you said you were working on a couple of things. What else are you working on at the present moment in time? Like I said, me and Neil have known each other for years. Um, we wrote loads of scripts when we were teenagers together in school, and we've always carried on throwing ideas back and forth. So we've got a, a couple that we'd be interested in pursuing after this. Um, I mean, at the moment, my focus is obviously completely murder ballads, but there's still 
ideas in the background that we're, we're, we're keeping on with. So I can give you some titles. There's we are um, got one that's called Hell of a Night and another one that's called Wild Beasts that's gone through several iterations over the years. Um, but yeah, those are the two that we're both quite excited to do, to do next, if possible. Are they both horror comedies like this one? Yeah, that's definitely like <laughs> our staple. I mean, it, we grew up, you know, uh, enjoying Evil Dead and, and everything like that. So that's our kind of go-to. Um, we've definitely got ideas for other things, but it's just, you know, they say write what you know, right? And uh, yeah. that's where we're most first. <laughs> <laughs> Before we wrap up, can you just tell us how can people follow you to keep in touch? What are your social media handles so that we can actually post? Sure thing. So um, for Murder Ballads, uh, we are Murder Ballads UK on both Instagram and Twitter. And then I think we're M Ballads UK on um, Facebook because uh, I don't think you're allowed to use the word murder. murder yeah. <laughs> um, and then myself, I'm uh, Empty Holiday on Twitter and then just Mitchell Holiday on Instagram. Have you website or anything like that? We do have a Murder Ballads website at the moment, but that just goes to the crowdfunder, which is finished. Um, so we're in the process of building that at the moment. That was, that's another thing you just reminded me because the crowdfunder, how long did it take for you to reach target? I think we reached the target like maybe a week or a week and a half before the month was up. Excellent. Um, yeah, it went really well. Um, it, it was, it's a full-time job. Um, I think a lot of people think that crowdfunding is you just kind of put it out there and it will just hopefully organically take this own, um, do its own thing. But it is a lot of work and it's not just one person. You know, we had the whole team working on it together to get it out there to people because it needs to be under people's noses to be able to see it. Otherwise, you know, it's it's just going to be there and, and no one's going to see. You've got to really work to get it out there so that you can you know, get the funding you need. It was tough, but it was, it was fun. And it was very surprising. You'll be, if you do it, you'll be absolutely surprised by how generous people are with their contributions and happy to help you make something that, you know, essentially they won't see for a couple of years. Mitch Day, thank you very, very much for joining us on Shoot the Breeze, Resonance 104.4. Uh, hope to see you again very, very soon with more news of the tracks that you've completed. Be my pleasure, thank you. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And that was Mitch Tolliday talking about his film, Murder Ballads. I really I really wish I was there talking with you and him because, you know, I, I, you know, I love talking to people about films. Um, Mitch has come on the show a number of times talking about his various projects. I love the original project that he did, which is Everything's Going to Be Fine, which kind of inspired this one. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a great show, great film. Go If you get the chance, go and check out that short. Uh, and I want to, oh, sorry, go on, go on. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, you know, as, as Mitch said in the interview, um, he's recorded track two. So there's two tracks of the film done and there's another, uh, there's another four to go. So it won't be out until next year, unfortunately. But um, yeah, looking forward to it. And if you do get a chance to actually see everything's going to be all right, go ahead because you'll get a flavour of what the film is going to be like, the, the, the completed ensemble is going to be like. Exactly. I want to thank you all very much for tuning in, listening to us, just rabbit on, I say us, me mainly rabbiting on uh, about various things. Um, it's just because, as you know, whenever I get the chance to talk about films or television, I can talk for days. And I, I hopefully, you know, 
I'm not boring you too much and you're not switching off thinking, oh, this guy again. Uh, you know, <laughs> I thank you very much for tuning in. I also thank Resonance FM for still sticking with us and letting us come in and give me the opportunity to, to do my thing and rabbit on. And I thank very much producer Dave for you know going through the grueling task of having to edit and produce this show, just listening to me rabbit on about these kind of things. Uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance FM. I have been Marcus E. Ako. I'm still producer Dave. Thank, thank you all very much for listening. Speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.